author michael scott clifton today we have a special guest miss carolyn dean carolyn l dean author we're going to talk about cozy mysteries today before we do so mike how was your week it's been pretty busy uh we were at the henderson county library con last saturday and um this week i'll be at the longview art walk and uh, fellow authors, uh, Patty Wiseman and Phyllis Still will be there. We'll be in the Vera Bank lobby. Uh, of course, the Longview Art Walk is an inside-outside venue. So there'll be tons of uh, vendors outside. Of course, it's an art-related uh, uh, event. So it'll be from 5 to 8. We'll be in the Vera Bank, which is in uh, old downtown Longview. I think that's on... Oh, every year I get stuck on the road, uh, Front Street or along that, down that historic downtown area, which the city of Longview has done a tremendous job restoring. There's lots of uh, neat little shops, restaurants, and cafes down there. Uh, and also the art museum is just uh, like 100, 200 feet down the road from, down the same block from uh, from where we'll be at at, at Verabanks. And finally, uh I had a uh, book, uh, uh, I guess you kind of uh, gave me a heads up on that book deal, greatbookdeals.com, CJ, for uh, the series. They did the series for me, the Conquest of the Veil series, and it did real well. Um, yeah, it was, uh, and they did a great job. I sold a lot of books over a couple of day period online. 90% of them were ebooks, but hey, that's uh, what's what uh, digital sales are for. So, anyways, it's been a great week. Good job. Good deal. Well, mine's been pretty good. I think it looks like he might have frozen up a little bit there in the end. Um, but my week was pretty good. Um, had a lot of fun, relaxing time, family time after the rush of a book launch, which you know how that always goes. And so I'm kind of gearing up for the annual Texas Sisters Press anthology. And so I'm getting everything uploaded and formatted and ready to go and getting ready to go but that's like 12 authors that I have to kind of keep in line to do so but it's fun and we're targeting for a November 3rd or 4th launch and we have so you have like 12 authors and one huge launch party and it starts and kicks off the holiday season so love oh, doing awesome. that yep super excited about that it's just a bunch of holiday it has to be family friendly holiday themed and between 3,500 to 7,500 words and of course you know me Take a guess as to what my number count is for my word count. <laughs> 7,500. I've done oh, that three years in a, a row. Hard one. That's a hard one. <laughs> it's usually 7,499 or 7,500. And I just, I get it right there. Because <laughs> I'm wow. like, oh, that's a great <laughs> So we try to do it that way. Miss Carolyn, how was your, how have you been? I'm good. Tell just, a little bit about you who don't know anything about you. Sure. Um, so my name's Carolyn Eldine, and it's one of my three pen names. Um, I'm mostly known for writing cozy mysteries, which are the, the kind of bloodless, mostly bloodless. Um, 
little softer mysteries. Uh, I also have written romance. I've written nonfiction. I've been full-time author now for over five years. And uh, let's see, I'm USA Today bestselling author. And as of, um, I don't know, is it cheesy if I say how many how many books I have out? No, not at no. all. No. So last last February, I actually hit a million books in circulation. Nice. Wow. So, awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I, I wow. goofing around on a spreadsheet because I kind of live and die by spreadsheets. And and for fun, I started looking at, at where the sales were. Um, and so, I mean, I was much more active. I'm just now, after a move cross country here to Texas, mm -hmm. getting more active. Welcome so to God's looking country. forward to putting new books out. Mm -hmm. So welcome to God's country, first of all. <laughs> I love Texas. I love it. Uh, second of all, so how many actual books do you have? Um, under this pen name, I have uh, the 26th one, I think, is coming out in November. And, and that'll be a... published. I'm sorry? How long have you been published? Um, I started, let's see, the first pen name came out in 2000 and I think 16. Nice. So... Oh, congratulations. Very prolific. Thanks. Very good. I like telling stories. <laughs> I have, I think I have 16, 17, something like oh, that. Oh, that's awesome. And mine have been since 2012. So I'm right up there behind you. If you're at 2012, that's like generations for writers are shorter than generations for families. That makes you a fabulous veteran. Because <laughs> you look at the revolution that's hard. <laughs> Oh, I know, but how how ebooks have come along, and you know, indie publishing, and and the difference, you know, whether everybody needs an agent and and such like that, and all the industries that have sprung up to support and sometimes bilk authors. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. you've you've seen a lot of things come and go. So my my hats off to you. Thank you. It's fun. I enjoy it. Um, and then Mike, you have four, five, six, seven, 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 seven books. Yeah, but you Since also have. Two audio? Yeah, actually three. Uh, Edison Jones and Antigrave Elevator just got a, a alert from uh, ACX that it's now audible. So, and then the fourth one will be uh, the open portal, and that should be in the next two or three weeks. So, cool. yeah, I had uh, got two audio books one that's currently live, and the other one that will be live. And, well, two are that makes three that are live, and the third will be live in the next two or three weeks. It's in, uh, quality review and that you never know how long that's going to take week, two weeks, who knows. Yeah. One of the things that impressed me about you, Mike, is that you do so many in-person signings. Mm -hmm. I'm a hopeless introvert. And uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to go ahead and have, you know, Amazon kind of do my stuff. I I'll go to author conferences, but, but um, you're very personable and really good about getting people engaged with your, you know, your paperbacks and everything. And I think that's a wonderful gift because I, I definitely don't have that. So uh -oh. it was well, it's uh, different festivals and such. Well, it's fun. Uh, uh, you know, we, CJ and I run into, you know, we, we're at uh, a number of similar venues, but uh, yeah, started doing a lot of comic cons uh, mm. two or three years ago. And when you write sci-fi fantasy, that's, uh, that's a, more favorable venue, you know, than uh, the, you know, the ladies book club that you might speak to. So yeah, it's fun. You do get to meet characters too, as I'm 
you know, CJ, I know you can attest to that as well. Love you know, yep, they're, they're great. They're great. And you're yeah, they're awesome. Little bit, so you're kind of protected from that most of that world, but you get to see some really cool things and meet tons of really cool people, especially oh, yeah. oh, your yeah. book falls into that genre. But you're a mystery, so you would still fit into that genre. I so am a mystery. <laughs> yeah. You can be an enigma, but um, so speaking yeah. of mysteries and cozy mysteries, what's the difference between like a general mystery versus a cozy mystery? So general mystery is pretty much an umbrella over the top of them. Um, if you think about something, um, you know, where there's uh, a lot of violence or something like that, maybe it's a thriller, that'd be a different flavor of mystery. Cozy mystery. If you think about for your older viewers, uh, Murder, She Wrote, where you know, it's a small town. Mm -hmm. And this is what most people think of as cozy mystery is it's going to be an amateur sleuth who's going to be the one who puts the pieces together, maybe in a bit of danger to figure out exactly what happens. A cozy mystery doesn't have to be a murder mystery. Uh, I have one that was written uh, that was about a, a necklace that had quite a history behind it. Um, and cozy mysteries tend to be pretty character driven instead of maybe that pulse pounding excitement of you'd have with a thriller or something like that. Um, it's not, not a noir. Um, also cozies themselves can have subgenres. I have one series that I like to travel in real life. And so when I travel to someplace new, I will write a book about it. Um, so I have an international series that's set in, you know, Belgium and France and England and things like that. Um, nice. So there's, there's kind of different flavors. One of the most famous cozy authors out there, Amanda, Amanda Lee, uh, writes a more urban series of um, cozy mysteries. So there's a pretty broad spectrum, even in our little community. Mm -hmm. Wow. Cool. So my wife loves cozy mysteries, Carolyn. That's her, well, I love that's her genre. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so if, uh, if you were like, if she were to get, she's new to you as an author, has never read any of your, any of mm. your books or any of your series, what would you recommend as an ideal first book for her to read that would introduce her to you as a writer and as an author and to well, your cozy mysteries? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the question because I, I have to admit, I have, I do have a favorite. It's actually the first one I ever wrote and it's a beginner of a 16 book. It will be a 16 book series once this new book is out. Um, and it's called bed, breakfast and bones. And it's bed, out breakfast and let me and write that bones. down. It's, there's something Dead horrible buried in the garden. <laughs> so um, it's oh. the beginning of the Ravenwood Cove history, Ravenwood Cove mystery series, which is set on the Oregon coast. Mm -hmm. okay. And it's a little, little town that's been kind of bypassed by the freeway and um, chaos ensues. Mm -hmm. Wow. So she... that one, it's been out. That was the first one out. It should have, it's got like 3,500 Reviews, reviews on it so it's okay. been read quite a bit wow wow i would imagine if you dig up a garden and you find bones that yeah chaos yeah just... <laughs> yeah it's not what you expect when you're when you're refurbishing an old inn so and that is a series so each it book... is okay. okay it is it's a rainwood cove series and there's um um I really have had fun with the characters in there i am a hopelessly sentimental person 
So I tend to put things in my, in that series specifically in the Rainwood series, which is the longest one under Carolyn, the Carolyn name. Um, I tend to put things in there that I love that maybe have gone from my life. Um, as much as I, I'm a widowed for my first husband, his car, a 64 Impala SS is in there. Uh, mm. You know, I have pets that still live in there. I have, mm. um, the, the 90 plus year old, one of the main characters is based on my grandmother and another lady used to care for. And so it's been really fun to kind of build this imaginary world, but it has these characters in it that to me, they're real. You know, I remember them. Um, we just actually lost one of the people who was the, uh, the basis he was a very unique, lovely person, very eccentric and artistic. And he was the basis for a character called Truman in my books. Mm-hmm. And we're very sad that we have lost him recently, but he's going to live on. I, I intend for him to have a very <laughs> happy ending and a good life in my books. There you go. See, if you want to live forever, befriend an author because yeah. <laughs> people have characters all the time for real life. There's a couple of my characters that have come from real people. Oh, there so, you go. Yeah, what got you started in writing specifically cozy mysteries versus some other genre? That's another great question. Um, with me, I started when I first started learning about indies. I had a coworker that was able to quit her job and and go be an indie author, and I kind of went down her path about romance. But when I really sat back and thought, well, you know, what do what's my voice? What is what would I read? What do I want to bring to the world? Um, for me, my voice, the way I write tends to be a little bit more old fashioned. I like more old fashioned books, I guess. You know, the sentences may be a little bit longer. I do third person. I like character driven to me. It's all about, you know, did they find the missing baby or, you know, things like that. Um, so what I really sat down and analyzed before I really got into even really reading cozies, I said, what's my voice? What, how's my brain wired to, to put those thoughts out? And I realized that was my genre. And so I, I went out and I started reading like crazy and I went down to Barnes and Noble and I looked at the books and I started figuring out what the uh, covers, what co- even as much as what colors were on the covers, how did they brand a series? How did they, what sort of fonts were they using? Uh, I read uh, a lot of the top authors in it to see what did I love and you know what was something I said well it's not not my cup of tea and that's how I got into cozies was just because I fell in love with the genre myself I'm an avid reader I read a lot of a lot of different things but especially right now I the reason I've continued so much with cozies besides the fact it's a bread and butter for me is the fact right now in the world there are a lot of people who are very who could really use a happy ending, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. could use a yep. bit of diversion, a bit of, right. you know, fun, you know, things away from reality and could use something being wrapped up and having something be fun. I used to think of my writing as uh, being really, I don't know how to put it, but minor is the only word I can think of because it's, I, I'm not, you know, I'm a person of faith. I'm not edifying through, you know, something about that. And then I, I started having readers who would write me, much to my surprise. I'm like, oh, I just write these little potato chip books. You know, they're just, you know, to make chip books. potato <laughs> chip books. You, you read them and it's like, oh, that was very satisfying and kind of fun. But I started having people write and say, you got me through chemo. 
I mean, I'm crying. I'm a cancer widow. You don't think that just, oh, bless your heart. Yeah. Bless theirs too. And I mean, or somebody saying, I appreciate the fact I had a lady wrote and said, I appreciate the fact you have a native, native American. She owns the toy store in my, in my little Ravenwood world. And she says, I appreciate you're having her be just a person. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I started getting those sort of emails, I started realizing that there were people, people wrote and said, where is this place I want to go visit? So that was unbelievable to me that something as simple as the words coming out of, you know, my fingertips mm -hmm. could have any sort of impact on anybody else. So I think about that a lot. That's the reason you asked me why I got into cozies. I, I know I'm kind of blabbing here, but the reason I stated it was because it still is what I love to read. When I find those good authors that I like CC James and, and such like Lena Turner. Um, but it, I think there is a place for making people happy and diverted. I mean, Mike, Mike's been writing, you know, adventure stuff and, and I'm certain people enjoy that, that time that you get a break away. So yeah, I was at a writer's conference once uh, back when I was, starting out. And uh, one of the speakers was a romance writer. She wrote hot romance, you know, mm. and I think her, uh, her uh, main characters were usually firemen, I believe it was. She was from the Houston area. <laughs> Don't remember her name now. But uh, anyway, uh, without getting into the weeds, one of the things she said that stuck with me ever since, which is kind of what you're saying, Carolyn, is that people, when you are writing, whatever your genre is, okay? Uh, don't hold back, okay? Mm -hmm. Don't assume that any idea or thought or process you're following is too far-fetched. I mean, you can always go back and change it. And then she followed up with that saying, because you have to remember that when people are reading, they read fiction to escape. Yeah. And, uh, and so you're creating that. that world for them. And so, you know, you it'd be too it'd be hard to be overly i mean um to to go too over the top on elaboration and scene and things like that which i'm sure there is but her point was if you're going to err err on the side of creating as big a picture and as bright and as as uh, detailed as you can because again people read for escape uh, they yeah. want to go into that world so uh, yeah. anyway, that sounds a lot like what you're saying. Yeah, I think CJ nodding too. <laughs> well, the one piece of advice I always heard, which kind of connected with what you said earlier, is write the book you want to read. Uh, yes, exactly. Timeless, but make it the book that you want to read. You know, if, because I've always gone to theory: if there's no tears from the writer, there's no tears from the reader. If there's no laughter from the writer, there's no laughter from the reader. So you need to be just as immersed into the story as much as the reader is. Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that's true. You know, I have something as simple as my grandparents had a farm, which after they passed became a subdivision. You know what? That farm is somewhere in my world. <laughs> and, you know, I can when I write about it, I can it, maybe it's my own uh, cheap version of therapy. But I, I get to go and, and experience those memories again. And I enjoy that. So. Wow. So what is going to be next for you? What's coming next? Mm -hmm. Besides the <laughs> of the series. Oh, for the series. So no, uh, 16 for the series. What's coming next for you? Oh, for next for me. Well, for the series is uh, I have a Christmas book that's coming out that will be out in November. 
Um, and that is uh, going to be about a new character in, in Ravenwood who uh, finds something terrible in the little shop he's renting. <laughs> so um, for me personally, I'm working on a thriller. Now, I cheated before I came on your podcast. And I went back and looked at some of your previous ones just to see <laughs> what I was getting into. And Mike mentioned about liking the stand. And I'm... <laughs> And you still came. Good girl. I did. You guys are awesome. Wow. <laughs> but Mike mentioned in one of them about how he liked the, the book, The Stand. And I'm um, actually, I'm working on a thriller. I'm not certain I have the chops for it. It won't be under this name. It'll be something completely separate. You don't want kid, you know, people who are reading pretty clean cozies to be into Everybody Dies. Um, no. that, that, that could be a terrible shock. So... Uh, so I think that's coming down the pike if I can figure out how to do it. And I would love to have it have any element of the intertwining stories that something like The Stand has. But that's something new for me to write. Um, I'm really going to have to build up my my skills as a writer to be able to pull that off. So I'm still learning. I guess that's kind of odd after putting out a bunch of books, but different genres, different expectations. So. Oh, and different yeah. and different cast of characters. I know my yeah. first 14, 13 books, first 13 books were a set of five, a set of three, a set of four, and a standalone. But the characters all crossed over storylines. So I was with the same characters for almost 10 years. Yeah. And so changing over characters, you know, writing for 10 years. So changing over characters was like a whole new ballgame. So it's like, okay, Moving to a new town. Forever, can I do this again? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's fun and it's exciting, but it's kind of a little scary. It's like, will people like these characters as much as they like the other ones? You yeah. just you don't know. I've done a couple little question though. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. 16, 16 books. What happened in this little town? <laughs> There's all sorts of crazy stuff happening. We're 16 books if it's a well, story. I'll tell you, I did. I went to the Nink conference this what about a week ago in Florida, and I, there's a lot of cozy mysteries, a lot of you know, mystery authors there. And I wore a t shirt that I got off online somewhere, and it had a picture of Angela Lansbury as you know, murder she wrote. And on top and bottom, it says, I killed them, I killed them all. And I thought, <laughs> and it it made me laugh because, you know, really the only common denominator with however many people in her little town who had died was her. So maybe she's a master criminal and she just, you know, orchestrated yeah. the whole thing and manipulated people into confessing. Oh, wow. But it, it made me laugh because of the same thing about how do you keep things going where you don't have people wanting to flee your small town because everyone's you. You know, getting... I would have left a long time ago. You have to have a new town. Mortality oh rate is off, off, off the charts here. Exactly. Yeah. I check the mortality rate. I know as a literary assassin, I always check the mortality rate of a town before we move. Yeah. I do. Smart girl. I do. I take the mortality rate in the weather. Those are two uh, things. Yeah. Is the yeah. population going up or is it going down? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, so, Carolyn, you are obviously a very successful author. So, you've probably learned a thing or two along the way. So for aspiring authors uh, who are just starting out, or even for experienced authors, um, what kind of advice would you give? What kind of, for example, what pitfalls to avoid? What, uh, what should uh, they concentrate on? I'm just, you know, just like I said, uh, just a brief advice on, on if an author is just starting out and you could give them, you know, uh, like 
kind of like the 30 second elevator pitch that you give for your mm -hmm. books, what would you tell them in terms of advice? A gold nugget to walk away with. Right. So I can tell them that uh, because I mentor other people also who are new and I've taught classes on any publishing. I was so excited about it. I wanted to share. It's like, you can get your stuff out in the world. So for me, when I go through and look at um, newbie authors, especially it's a, the two things they cut costs on because it's so expensive. It can be expensive to do these things are covers and editing. Mm -mm. And I have to admit, I'm going to, I'm going to put myself up as an example of mistakes I have made that I've had to learn you know, I'm going back right now and re-editing Backlist mm -hmm. because and expanding it and making it better. And all, all of uh, one of the series is getting completely recovered, which is going to cost me an arm and a leg. But um, because I want it to be better because I'm getting ready to do, to do a big leap into another new series that's coming. It's going to be set in Montana. Kids first to know. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think that a lot of times writers, they go, well, I like the cover or I think it's good enough. And the thing is, if you, you're, it's, if that's, you wanted your mom to buy it, that's cool. That's awesome. Do it. If you're looking and saying, I would like to make my money back at least with this book, <laughs> really go out on Amazon. You can actually go onto the bestseller list, look at the top 100 covers in that genre. And there'll be some outliers that, you know, they're going to be on there because they have a BookBub special feature deal or something exotic like that. But a lot of those, you'll start noticing this, the same sort of things again and again. Go out, look at the covers, what what fonts they use, what colors they use, what, uh, you know, how does it look? Is, is it dark? Is it light? Uh, go out and look at the blurbs. What do the blurbs look like when you read them? You know, it's just a, a couple paragraphs. Are they making you want to buy the book? Mm -hmm. So really, I would say do your research. And then the second thing is, and I'm not saying go get a $5,000 editor, but I'm saying, for heaven's sakes, run it through where you've got people eyes on your book before you get it out in the world. Right. Somebody who knows something, don't have it be, you know, just your roommate. Get it. If you don't have the budget for it, that's fine. You can do that with no money. Have a bunch of smart, <laughs> literate friends read it and you'll be amazed. They will pick out different things. One will say this is inconsistent. One will say use the word that too many times. Um it's amazing how they'll pick up different things. So I would say do your research ahead of time and roll out the best quality you can roll out right out of the gate. And, um, and Good. never, 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 never take your readers for granted. If they're, if they write you and say, and this was a mistake I made, I went through, we had some deaths in the family, went through some depression and I did not take care of my readers like I should have. You know, if they write and say, I love your book, you know, or, or say anything, write them back, love on them because they are wonderful and they're bread and butter. And that's probably more than 30 seconds, Mike. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, no. we the oh, editing part is uh, the we have a critique group that I that I belong to. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's six people. Two of them are editors, have mm -hmm. been editors at some point. So uh, if I had a nickel. For every mistake they found, this is even now, uh, boy, I would, I could retire rich and uh, I'd never have to worry about money again because. Yeah, that'd be a new car for me. Let me yes, tell you. <laughs> uh, you can read your own stuff a thousand times and you miss wow. the most obvious 
yeah. stuff, you know. So, yeah, it happens again and again. That's very good advice. Very right. good I'm advice. listening to mine in my headphones, too. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I can't edit. I am super critical. I can edit and proofread somebody else's no problem at all because I could pick on them. But I can't. I'm blind to my own mistakes. And I will even listen to my book before I get it to an editor mm -hmm. in headphones because with me, I will skip words, mm -hmm. which is really annoying. But all of a sudden, you'll be listening and realize, ding, you know, something sounds wrong there. So that's you another good tip. Just listen to your book. Yeah. Or you've yeah. like inverted two letters. I do the same thing. Every oh, yes. <laughs> or your reader. And or you just PDF and you listen to it and it catches a lot. Exactly. Me too. You can read. I think your, your mind sometimes subconsciously adds things to a mm -hmm. sentence that you that is never there, but you think it is. I went instead of I went to the store. I went the store, That's and cool. you're reading that. I went to the yeah. store. You know, you'd say, "Well, no, the two's not there." But yeah, yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> Guilty. What we do is, um, well, my husband and I. I will read it aloud while he watches. That's the first one, and then I will Ooh. also send it through Voice Dreamer. So there's a set of eyes while I'm reading, and then I have my own ears while I'm reading. Then we send it to an editor and redo it all over again. Yeah. And it's a content and a copy editor, two different ones. And so, yeah, we have no less than four eyes. And yeah, before it goes up. But, well, you've been such a treat to come on. And I really oh, appreciate Thank it. you for having me. It's I know. Really it's fun. a little <laughs> stressful in the beginning because we were trying to get the sound sorted. But Yeah, I'm sorry about that. My laptop wasn't cooperating. But I appreciate you guys having me on here. It was great fun. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Yeah, you're taking their time. Um, so next week on the 12th of October, we will be back with character inspiration regarding names and people. Where do you get them? How do you use them? Is there a legal way if you end up talking about somebody, you know, specific, like you've named a character after somebody else? You know, how do you, how do you work around that sort of stuff? And so we'll find that out next week. Same place you found us today. Facebook, LinkedIn, or Facebook or YouTube. Sorry. <laughs> Facebook or YouTube. We're at Book World, The Great Escape. Thank you, Ms. Carolyn Dean. To check out her books, you can go to carolyndeanbooks.com. C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-D-E-A-N-B-O-O-K-S.com. Thank you, Ms. Carolyn. We appreciate your time and your advice. Thank you, CJ. Thank you, Mike. Everybody have a great day. Have a good week. Bye-bye.